Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of Bat Banter, it's season 2 episode 11, it's Summer Sports Weekly Wrap Time. So we're discussing the last four teams who are either just starting their seasons, we're talking about West Coast Fever and Western Force, and uh, heading to the end of their season, or approaching finals, and that's of course we're talking about the Perth Glory, and the Perth Wildcats. Alright, so uh, please, if you haven't already, do not forget to like, subscribe, leave a rating, leave a review on your favourite podcasting platform, be it Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can like us on Facebook, and you can, of course, you can follow us on Instagram at bat underscore banter. But uh, without further ado, we're going to get straight into our first team at the top of the show, and why wouldn't we start off with these superstars, the West Coast Fever. The pass is Ariang with the interception. That's a massive play from the Diamonds goal defence. And if they can drain this, well, that's going to be the exclamation point, isn't it? Well, that's why she's in the side. Firstly, Ariang with the interception. And then it was all finished off by Sasha Glasgow. Drains a super shot, and it's eight. Alright, the West Coast Fever, you beauty. They've actually played two games on the road in three days. Uh, just recently, uh, of course, last weekend. Because, of course, we're going back to last weekend. Uh, well, not so much last weekend, last Tuesday. Now, the Vixens, they are a measly defence. Uh, they've conceded the second least goals in the league. And that was heading into the game, which happened on Tuesday. Unfortunately, it was a bit of a blow. Uh, the West Coast Fever, they lost 75 66 to the Vixens. It was almost a reversal of their game against the Firebirds two days earlier. Uh, they lost three of the four quarters and they came out of the blocks uh, quite slowly and they lost the first by six. They shot really well at 95% uh, up against 92%, but they had nine less attempts than the Vixens. They had 21 more deflections. Uh, they had two less gains and two less intercepts. Sasha Gladgo, Glasgow, should I say, she was quite good from the super shot. She was 7 of 11, 18 uh, assists and 29 feeds. And Janelle Fowler, uh, just doing what she normally does, she was 48 of 50. Courtney Bruce, she was solid as ever. She had six gains, three intercepts and nine uh, deflections. However, as a result of the loss, they dropped to second on the ladder and they next play the New South Wales Fifths on Sunday at REC Arena. And speaking of that game, they actually bounced back really well. They have a they had a 76 to 58 thumping of the New South Wales Swifts. Uh, they were only actually up at uh, by four points at half time, but a 22 to 11 last quarter put a huge dent in the game. Uh, they shot at 93 percent up against New South Wales 77 percent. They had 20 to 10 gains, 7 to 3 offensive rebounds, and 7 to 0 defensive rebounds. So they dominated a lot of aspects of the game. Janelle Fowler, she was 58 of 61, and Sasha Glasgow, she was 4 of 6 from those one pointers and 5 of 11 from the super shot. And she also had 20 assists. Verity Simmons, she had 21 assists. Uh, Courtney Bruce, uh, she was named player of the match, and that was due to her 12 gains, 5 intersects, intercepts, 6 defensive rebounds, and 4 deflections. So uh, the Fever, they are 4 of 5 to start the season, just going on remarkably. They are equal 
top of the ladder with the Melbourne Vixens. Uh, so, yeah, back to the top, equal top, and a better percentage, which is why they are technically number one. Uh, but, uh, yeah, looking ahead to the next game, they play GWS away. So it's going to be a really interesting game, but, well, you know, they've started off exactly how they finished off last season, just, you know, remarkably well, and uh, everything seems to be going as swimmingly as it could. They're, they bat really, really deep. All 10 players play most of the time, so they get through a lot of their squad, which doesn't normally happen in most teams. So, Fever, well done. Great job. We look forward to checking in with you again next week. But 4 or 5 to start off the season, could not have asked for a better start. So, Fever, well played. Good job. And uh, we'll see you next week. Listen to the hiss. Listen to the growl. Perth Wildcats are on the prowl. Can you feel the heat? Listen to their feet. Tearing up the cotton, building up the heat. Here we come. Oh, no. Here we come. Oh, no. Here we come. All right, on to the Perth Wildcats, and uh, you know it's it's not really a, a prowl. It's a it, it's just it's a team which I still can't figure out what they can do in the finals if they can even make the finals. But we have to go all the way back to the game against Adelaide, uh, not last Thursday, the Thursday before that. Uh, Adelaide shot at fifty one point four percent from the field and fifty four percent from the three point leading into half time. That was six from eleven. Bryce Cotton, excuse me, the great man, he didn't score until 1 minute 30 left in the first half. And yeah, as I said, at uh, at half time, 53% field goals and 50% from the three-point land for Adelaide with 44 seconds left in the third quarter. So they just kept on shooting remarkably well. And it was just the third time that Perth had their full team with uh, Michael Fraser the second and Mitch Norton coming back into the lineup. But it didn't really make a difference. They lost 82-70 to 70 after being down by 19 points at three-quarter time. So they did bounce back in the last quarter, but the damage, damage was done. And Adelaide just shot the absolute lights out. It was ridiculous. Every time they made a mini run, either Dusty Hannes or Daniel Johnson, who loves playing Perth in Perth, he absolutely hates us so much, uh, one of them would just make a three that killed off whatever momentum that they had and whatever rhythm that they had and were building during the game. Cotton was restricted to seven points by Sunday Deck and Mitch McCarron. Vic Law, he had 20 points and five rebounds, so he did his bit. And, you know, I'm uh, Matt Hodgson. He's starting to grow on me. He had 16 points and eight rebounds. But unfortunately, Vic Law and Matt Hodgson were really their only two main contributors. But you had three Adelaide players with 20 pass points. And McCarron did everything except get a triple-double. He had eight points, so two off. 10 rebounds, got the 10, and 6 assists, only 4 off. So, you know, he was remarkable for them. Perth had 6 more field goal attempts, but they shot at 39%, up against Adelaide's 45%, and only shot at 27%, 6 of 22 from 3-point land. 4 less steals, but otherwise, most of the other stats were actually quite even. But, here's the game killer right here. Adelaide accumulated 19 to 4 points from turnovers, and where they only end up losing by 12. They've actually lost, as in, they've actually lost 9 of the 11 major statistical categories from the game. So whilst it was, whilst I did say that, like, the stats were quite even, they still lost 9 
of the 11 major statistical categories um, that you look at um, sort of in the in the box score side of the game. And you lose by 12 points, and 15 of those points came from points from turnovers. So just insane. That's where the game was won and lost. They've actually lost five home games, or sorry, games at home this season. They've never suffered six defeats at home since being and playing at Perth slash RAC Arena. So we can only hope that that's, that our record stays intact. They next play Cairns on Saturday in a must-win game to keep the distance from Tasmania and Southeast Melbourne. And that was Saturday just gone. And, boy, did they need a win. And they got it. 106-87. to and It was a much-needed one at that. It was a tight but high-scoring first term with both teams. Uh, it was 30-29. to 29. But the damage was done in the second half. They won that by 11 points across the both the third and the fourth quarters. They shot at 55% from the field, 60% from two-pointers, 48% from the three-pointers, and that was up against uh, Cairns' 32%. So quite remarkable, just an incredible shooting night, very similar to what Adelaide did to them. Uh only about seven or so days ago. Uh, they won the rebound count by seven, but the key stat was, and this just doesn't normally happen with Perth, they had 41 points from their bench to Cairns uh, 21. And wow, we've been calling for it all season long from the Perth Wildcats. Michael Fraser II, what a waste of time. I've been his biggest critic, but Michael Fraser II, you know what we do at Bat Banter? We say, well played when you play well. And he was, and lo and behold, remarkable. 19 points, 4 rebounds, 7 of 10 from the field, and 3 of 5 from 3-point land. So Michael Frazier, this is what we need from you. Not just one game against Cairns. We need it every single game from now on, and especially if we're fortunate enough to make the finals. We need you to step up, mate. Bryce, he was really great as well. Back to his uh, winning best. 22 points, 5 of 9 from the three-point land. Vic Law had 17 points, but he couldn't finish the game, and he is injured, and there is a serious uh, cloud uh, you know, surrounding him for the remainder of the season. So uh, we'll obviously keep you posted about um, how he goes there. And Hodgson, he had 14 points, four rebounds, uh, you know, t- two games in a row where he's got ten, 10 or more points and five or more rebounds, well, you know, around that mark with the rebounds. But the big thing for me was that in the plus minus, uh, so well, what that means for those playing at home is when you're on the court, um, you know, is, is so the, the points that, uh, you know, the, the, the opposition gets compared to the points that your team gets, what does that mean? And when, uh, when Matt Hodgson was on the court on Saturday night against Cairns, uh, Perth Wildcats, they were 22 points in the positive. So, man, he's obviously making a big difference. And I have been a big, big critic of Matt Hodgson, but he is playing some good basketball heading into the finals. And boy, are they going to need him uh, when they go up against the likes of JLA. Of course, uh, do what Wreath. And uh, when you look at Sydney, you've got Xavier Cooks and Jarrell Martin. They round out their season with a game versus top four contenders and the second hottest team in the competition, Illawarra, on Thursday before hosting Southeast Melbourne on Sunday. Their fourth game, uh, and they have one game in, in Tasmania. They just 
they basically just need, so they're fourth now. They've got one game uh, ahead of Tasmania, but they just need to keep on winning to retain their spot in the top four. And they're likely probably going to be playing United in the semifinals. But uh, if it was ever more relevant, uh, it, it certainly is now. But Perth Wildcats on Thursday and Saturday, do you know what? It's over to you. Stowers, Stowers giving it to Ralston, and Ralston will score the first try. Runs it to the line, almost intercepted, and it is play on, and Brykey gets it down to McGregor, Jack McGregor. All right, the Western Force. Uh, let's just quickly touch base with team selection. Unfortunately, scrum half Isaac Fines, second row Isaac Rodder, and coach Tim Sampson, they were all ruled out uh, on the previous weekend because they were deemed as close contact, so unfortunately they weren't there for the game. This game actually was was a really important one because uh, it was to shape their finals future as to whether they can hang on to eighth spot courtesy of all their bonus points that they picked up over the season and getting four or more tries uh, where they do have the tough New Zealand half of the draw looming. They unfortunately got blown out against the Waratahs and a massive dent and it, it is a massive dent in their finals aspirations. They lost 41 to 24. And they actually conceded 24 points. It was 24-0 in the first 20 minutes, which yet continues to blow out, so they've conceded across the last two games. They, they were able to come back in the other two, uh, still still lost, um, but they were able to come back and get a little bit closer, but uh, the damage was done. They got killed in the first half. They lost uh, They lost the first half 24-7, but what do you know? They came back in the second half, and they tied at 17 all. It was six tries to four to the Waratahs. Um, the Western Force, they had more total runs, so they had 81 more total runs and 136 more metres run with the ball. They still sit in eighth spot ahead of playing Moana Pacifica in Melbourne on Friday. Uh, and, of course, as we just spoke about earlier, the Trans-Tasman crossover part of the draw um, where they start to play the New Zealand teams is looming on the horizon. So it's only going to get harder for them because, you know, unfortunately with the way that uh, Australian rugby is and the way that New Zealand rugby is, uh, they are head and shoulders above most Australian teams. So, uh, you know, unfortunately another loss, um, but all they can do is look ahead. Uh, they're, they're, they're playing Moana Pacifica and Melbourne on Friday and all they can do is try to, re you know, redeem themselves actually come out properly in the first, you know, one second of the game and not concede so many points and try to try to make it so hard for yourself to get back into the game. So, Force, you know what we're going to say here about banter. On Friday night, get your shoes on, get switched on, get organized, be ready, because Western Force, it's over to you. Oh boy, the Perth glory. Unfortunately, the good news uh, has not come yet again. Uh, so let's just recap uh, over the last week. So I think this is really important for context, ladies and gentlemen. 13 of the 23 players in their main squad have been unavailable. And uh, Coach Ruben Zakovic, he's called in a dozen players from the National Premier League side since taking on the role. However, on one little positive, goalkeeper Liam Reddy, he will become the eighth player in NSL slash A-League history to make 400 appearances in the game against Wellington on Wednesday. 
Unfortunately, they did lose that game 1-0. Uh, they conceded a 48th minute goal. And they probably should have lost by more because the possession count was 37 to the Perth Glory to 63% to Wellington. Uh, Perth had zero shots on goal to Phoenix's four, but they only had three less goal attempts. 21 to five free kicks and 19 to nine throw-ins sort of tells the story and indicates the level of possession that Wellington had across the game. Uh, let's just add some more players to the injury list. Trent Osler went off with a dislocated shoulder and Jack Clisby hobbled off with a suspected MCL, unfortunately. And Clisby was one of four players with any A-League experience in the squad. Glory have used 36 players so far this season. Just incredible and not the good kind of incredible, unfortunately. And they're now winless in their past 13 and they've lost 10 of those games. And they're actually coming up, or it's sort of this sort of included playing three games in six days. And add to that, all in different parts of Australia too. It just seems a little bit unfair. And like the next game that, that they played uh, on Sunday, that would have been their seventh game in three weeks. So like playing two games a week consecutively, like not just once, but consecutively. Like you're asking a lot of this team and missing so many of these players. Yeah, I don't know. Um, they lost to second place and pushing for the top spot, Western United, in what unfortunately was yet another drubbing. Uh, two of their last three games have been just that. It was a 6-0 thumping. Uh, they conceded four goals in the first half and two in the second half. Weirdly, however, and this continues the pattern for Perth Glory, they had 59% of possession to Western United's 41%. But uh, this is where the game was won and lost. Uh, they had 7 to 18 goal attempts and 1 to 11 shots on goal. That's right. Across 90 minutes of play, they only had one shot on goal despite having 59% of uh, possession of the ball. They had 21 more attacks, which is getting the ball inside uh, inside the actual penalty box, but uh, minus 4 uh, in dangerous attacks. Uh, so it was the worst loss in Glory's history. And they look certain uh, to record their first ever wooden spoon. So, you know, unfortunately, things aren't going... <laughs> well, basically, things are going as worse as you possibly could ask for if you're a Perth Glory fan, and specifically if you're Tony Sage. And, uh, you know, it's not going to get any easier. Uh, they do play Adelaide United uh, on the weekend. Uh, that game is in Adelaide, and I believe, just looking at those at those times now uh it's on a sunday so they're playing you no know, they played western united who are sitting second uh, they'll play adelaide who are fourth and uh they're still eight points uh off second last so uh, as i said and that they've actually played one more game than uh second last place brisbane so it looks like the wooden spoon is coming home but uh you know you can only go up from here and i know that we said that a couple of weeks ago but uh it doesn't seem to be getting any easier unfortunately so, uh, you know, keep doing what you're doing, young players, and uh, that's all we can ask of you. And Ruben Zakovic and Chris Coyne, uh, you've been put in a very, very difficult and tricky position. But, uh, you know, bounce back, look up, try to get, try to save us something from the remainder of the season. And as we say at Bat Banter, glory. Hopefully it's a better showing this weekend. And all those young players, it's over to you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're done and dusted. That is the end of, of course, episode 11 of season two, the Summer Sports Weekly Rack. 
wrap only che checking in on four teams this time but hopefully we kept you in the loop with all those teams from the summer and autumn sports that are starting uh please don't don't forget if you haven't already like subscribe leave a rating and leave a review on your favorite podcasting platform be it spotify or apple podcast uh, like us on facebook and you can follow us on instagram and whether you're listening in the morning the afternoon or the evening it's an absolute privilege to have you on board thank you so much and we look forward to touching base with you and all our WA teams from the domestic sporting scene next week.